Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It is the beginning of the end, the second to last episode of Preacher ever, and it's a variety show, baby. Apocalypse 2020, we got everything, singers, jugglers, ethnic musicians, and a female comedian. Stay tuned, we're talking about Preacher season four, episode nine, Overture. After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, Breacher fans. Hey. Welcome to the After Buzz TV Preacher After Show. Saying that for the second to last time ever. Yeah, I know. The penultimate show. The penultimate show is a penultimate variety show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Paula Poundstone. With Paula Poundstone. That was great. I love that. (laughs) I'm your host, Elena Jordan, and today I am joined by the incomparable Dave Child, the preacher expert. Hello! As he has said many a time... He's yes. read the comics. I've read the comics. <laughs> I've read them a couple of times. I hype him up because he is a legitimate preacher expert, but he just comes back with... I've read the comics. <laughs> that's be- all. I yeah, didn't, I didn't have anything else to do with the comics except I read them. And I think that's good enough. It is good enough. You've Thank analyzed you. them, you've been with us watching the show, and mm-hmm. really excited too because we'll be talking about the comics as well and kind of how much things right. have ventured, some little nods to us uh, comic book fans, and some middle fingers that were thrown to us this episode as well. <laughs> well, we'll see. Kind of. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about those at the end of the episode. Be sure to stick around for the whole thing because we'll also be giving our predictions for the final episode, but we do have that special segment that we call Page Flipped. Some people call it Page Flipped. It's Dave's favorite it's, it's name so for great. any segment ever. It's so good that <laughs> it's now called Page Flipped. But we'll be talking about how they flip the page of the comic books and mm. then the script of the show. So, before we get into talking about the oh show boy. for the second to last time, because this will be the last time. This with will us, right? actually be the last time, and I've been here since because I'm going to miss next week. Unfortunately, it's uh, right in the middle of a, a trip to Iceland. Oh well, <laughs> so, look at you, you fancy beast! But I'm sad I won't be here because I was actually talking about the show on season one of the show. I've been here for a very From long time. From the very beginning. So it's going to be sad I'm not going to be here on the last one. I'm the last original like panel member of, uh, of Preacher. And it's uh, it's been a good show. And I think they're... I'm really curious to how they're ramping up to this ending. And I think they're, they're making it so they have to pay off a lot. But I think they're going to do it. And it's interesting to see how it differs from, like, a lot of the characters from the book. And we'll get into that a little bit later. I like this little dance that's going with it. That's how good this episode is. It adds a little Dave Chum dance. Yeah. 
If you are listening to us on one of our many podcast platforms and not watching us on YouTube, Amazing. go to YouTube and type it in just for that little so dance. I always have a just little bit saying, of dance. Just saying, that's worth it, that's worth it. Speaking of uh, songs and dances, before yeah. we get into the big variety show, The Apocalypse 2020, we do have a nice little song from our buddy Eugene. Yeah, who is uh, closing time. Closing, closing time. Closing time. Oh, so we do know that Eugene has been mm. in jail in Australia because they thought that he ate Preacher. Right. They're now letting him go because they didn't find him in his poo. Which yeah, because means... he was in jail because of shooting uh, Jesse. Jesse. But the, because they couldn't find the body, they still <laughs> they still got him and they still like had him. I love that he has this moment where he's talking to... This this priest and the priest is just has nothing, just nothing at all, and it's such a nice little moment because it shows where what Eugene has been dealing with this entire show, where he's always has these crises of faith. He goes to like a holy person to try and find help. Originally, it was Jesse, and now it's this new preacher, and they never give him what he wants, but he still has this optimism. And he still has something to be like, all right, I'll know what the next thing is. And it's going to be Rockstar. I mean, this was just so, I mean, that obviously was awesome for us. And we'll talk right. about it again in our special segment. Um, but, I mean, what a, you know what, piece of, something piece that would flat out be like, what is, oh, what yeah, is yeah. the point of you? Like, comic no relief. Point. A cautionary tale. Maybe there's nothing. God has no well, plan for you. And it's like, okay, you know what? Calm down, sir. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a running theme in the show where it's like, don't always look for the answers in people you consider part of like the holy church or or these instruments of faith because they're not always going to have their flawed individuals, including all the way up to God in this show. But you get to see where it's like you have to have faith in yourself rather than put ask people to have faith in you. But then, so. unfortunately, Eugene does have faith in himself. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, because he's as the right. priest is listing all of these options, he does say, you know, why not Rockstar? Rock and he settles on Rockstar. And we see like a little clip on his head while mm-hmm. he's playing on the street. He gets out his guitar and we see like the... All the way up to cocaine. Yeah, the groupies Mm. all hanging out. But it just starts with a very timid closing time and And then then hit by a dadgum taxi. Has anyone else felt like I know he's in Australia, but I kind of almost felt like he was on the corner of Gilmore Girls? Like it felt very Stars stars Hollow. Yeah, Yeah, it had a Stars Hollow. Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls. I love you, Dave. Please. There's more things that I watch more than once and sometimes it's Gilmore Girls. I would have this. Uh, that fills yeah. me with great joy for some reason. Just imagining am, you just at home watching Gilmore Girls, like mm, get them, Lorelai. I am covered. I am filled with multitudes. I have so many fandoms going on in me. I love it. I love it. And I mean, Eugene is the star of Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. I thought they were yeah, going to bring that a... in all of a sudden. I thought it was going to be was... like a weird tie-in. It did feel very much like yeah. when on Gilmore Girls it would just have some famous musician. It's like... because they're on a lot somewhere in the corner. That's that's just why. It's probably the same lot that they WB. actually... Yeah, it's the WB uh... lot. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so then also talking about stars of the show, we have Apocalypse 2020, which is right. this big countdown. This has been the plan all along. Variety show. Which leads this variety show. 
which starts off with Chief Whitman, who turns the channel, who uh, then we know, see, he's the one who was working with Hoover, too. Everything on the show ties in together. Mm. Uh, but he's the one who's watching the TV, and he's flipping through and talking about people who are horrible at their jobs. He's a police officer who watches this morning show massacre. Yeah. And it's just like, they'll do anything for ratings. And it's like, no, this is clearly somebody who is... Killing these people. Hey, like, it's probably something. not in his department. He's probably just you know. I mean, but I feel it. like that's such a subtle but direct commentary on just the entire yeah. state of our world right now. Is everybody's like, all right, well, this whole voyeuristic, like, not my problem. Oof, not yeah. my circus, not my monkeys, and it's like, help, help, do something. And then it was your monkeys. It was the monkeys you were fighting all along. <laughs> it was all our monkeys. When Air Star comes out with his beautiful hair. Oh my gosh, his beautiful hair and the mm, wind. The locks. Mm. Uh, but yeah. He's hosting this variety show countdown where he says, you know, we've got everything. We got the singers, the juggers. I lost my mind though when he was like the ethnic musicians yeah. and the fe- and, and a the female, female comedian. comedian. And Never. I was like, this is definitely like every variety show ever Ugh. where they're like, here are the boxes that we must tick. If you Freaking never hilarious. don't, if someone ever says female comedian at a show you're at, know that that host is a terrible person or ethnic anything. Yes, like. yeah, <laughs> very true. But the female comedian is the one that hit me because I go to a lot of comedy shows and every and that sometimes is said, and it's yeah. in such oh. a way where it's like, oh god, oh you're a terrible person. Yeah. Just comedian, buddy. And also being introduced as the beautiful female comedian, which is like every introduction for yeah. every woman ever. And you're like, okay, thank you. Uh, here was my list of credentials, but that's fine. That works, too. This comedian's a lady. <laughs> uh, but yeah, talking me... about the lady comedian, too. It was Paula Poundstone. Paula Poundstone, which I, was, which I thought was great. That I did think was pretty I, awesome. I was in a groundlings class with her. <laughs> she joined... She was in a... She joined the Groundlings thing, and I thought I saw her name on the list, and I was like, "That's got to be a joke." And then Paula Poundstone came in, and she was great. She's very nice, and she's very funny. My it name's was, Dave. I've read the comics. I go to Iceland. I, I know Paula watch Poundstone. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Look at the I've multitudes the of me. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was. It made me wonder, like, who would be on your apocalypse like variety show? Like, if there's a variety show at the end oh, of the world. Man. The Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls, 100%. Right, yeah. You probably. sync, I don't, whatever. A Smash Mouth? Clearly Smash, Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth would kick it off. That would be great if Smash Mouth. You know what? Actually, you know what I would love? Yeah. For it to be Sugar Ray kicking it off only to recreate the scene in Scooby-Doo where Mark McGrath is actually a demon and his eyes light up. Wow. It's what all the fans are wanting. That's yes. clearly the... And then, like, the the year 2000 TRL countdown with Gwen Stefani singing End of the World, where they show the cue cards repeatedly. Right. And I was like, stop showing the cue... This is still impressive. <laughs> <laughs> God, stop showing up. Who would you pick? Uh, I would... Well, it's if it's the apocalypse, maybe just get all the Beatles, some of them back from the dead, bring them all back I on. I mean, but on this note, they, they don't have any dead people. That's right. They, they can't. This is it. just, yeah. So, this is existing. I would love to see something like a duo that just doesn't make sense or like the weird super group. So, have like Kanye West, Tom Waits, <laughs> Miley Cyrus. 
Taylor Swift, like have your traveling Willoughby. Yeah, <laughs> of just like every single different groups of no. just like singing in one group and just creating the song that ends the world, and it's just all these different groups. That would be great. I mean, that would be the way to go. I think. Yeah. But kind of talking about the uh, the apocalypse here and Paula Poundstone being introduced, right. we have Hairstar kind of bragging to Featherstone that he's like. Paula Poundstone was our uh, was our yeah, comedian, yeah. and then it leads to their uh, Poundstone oh, to Pound Town, baby. Oh, it's like, oh, oh, that's why you, you kept ramping upset. it up. You should be upset. No, that actually just <laughs> popped in my head right now, and I was immediately upset. Uh, but yeah, they uh, are saying this is the end. This is the apocalypse, and we have this weird hookup where he's just grabbing I, her boobs. Oh yeah, that, you're a very the boob handsome grab. man. A woman. I'm a very I'm handsome, handsome man. man. And then they go to the bedroom. And I love this reveal where it's just this, like, you know, beautiful hairstyle, naked, just covered up the naughty bits in the blanket. And then you see Featherstone's just wearing full, full suit, Featherstone. Full suit. And you're like, oh, okay. And I did have a thought. I was like, I wonder if they're going to do what Hairstar likes in the comics. What What is his big thing in the comics? And then they did. And then they did because the reveal. Well, save it for the for the. Well, it's about a couple of minutes right now, right? Like where it's it leads up to this like reveal of. The, well, I was saying for the, the comic style. references because some people don't want to know anything about the comics. So well, I think this is okay. All to right, I know. Like he loves to go down to Pound Town in that certain way. That's a thing that he a thing that he's always like asking for is just like. Um, I don't think you can give what I want, Featherstone, because I need a specific thing, and that's that's kind of. And we see that specific thing. We see the specific thing that is strapped onto Featherstone. Very big, very yeah, a very upsetting design. They are just going for it on this show. Like, and there's a glisten on it and everything. It's it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. Oh man! But the thing that is. The big reveal here, really, yeah. besides the actual big That's reveal, a very big reveal. Is uh, the fact that there is a secondary plan. This whole yeah. time, Featherstone has, and all of us have thought, that the apocalypse means the end of humanity completely. Whereas we now find out via the very eager <laughs> Airstar. Via the pillow talk of Airstar. Yes, uh, that round two will be after the apocalypse. Yeah. Which. Is then explained that no, we had this whole secondary thing. Only the people that uh, the Danes, the teachers' unions, right. the hippies will be wiped out. Oh yeah, wait. He said the feminists, the oh, degenerates. No, that's later. That's later. This well, he is... says it in the opening of the of the of the apocalypse twenty. Well, I have that a little later on too because that goes into the big three. So we'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah, but this one is when he's just talking about who's going to be wiped out in the apocalypse, like. Specifically, those people that he, you know, deems unworthy. Yeah. Uh, but and the problem is that he has given this plan to Hoover too, who was actually working for Chief Whitman and, and was, was shot in the yeah. head by Featherstone. And then they realize, uh oh, this is Oops. an issue. 
This, though, is kind of showing this huge split in ideologies. Featherstone has worshipped and idolized Star up until this point because he epitomized this plan of dying gloriously, going to heaven, giving everything to the grail, and then she flat out asks, what was this all for then? And he is just like, it was for power, violence, dirty sex. It was, I want to kill them so that I don't get killed. And she realizes, oh, I've put my faith in the wrong person. Right, which is a good, like, foil to kind of also what's going on with Jesse right now. And also what was going on with Eugene in that scene. It's all about, like, who do you put your faith in and how the only one you could really trust is your own guiding forces. And also your friends and loved ones. But, you know... And a nun at IT, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) But it's, yeah, and this is something that we kind of always knew Aerostar wasn't really religious. He didn't really have a religious passion. He knew he was using it just for the fame of it. So it's it's nice to see it finally, like, addressed and having Featherstone kind of see it for what it is, like, nakedly. Yeah, and especially us seeing it through her eyes of mm-hmm. seeing this all stripped down of, like, oh, no, we, we have made a mistake here. This is an issue. Yeah. And then we'll... See later on a little foreshadowing now to what we'll talk about later mm. with Tulip is that maybe people who once were an enemy might now be somebody who you right. need to team up with potentially. Uh, which brings us to the big three Tulip mm-hmm. and Cass and Jesse, who is now reunited with these two the and- feminist, the degenerates. Yeah, the, the desperados. desperados. Um, but we see that this is kind of posing some challenges that he's come back because mm. we have this whole thing of Cass debating, you know, should we even tell him? And then Tulip just flat out saying, look, Cass and I slept together. You weren't right. here. Here's the deal. If you're going to freak out, freak out now, but get it over with because we don't have time to put up with this. And he just flat out is like, no, you're right. I wasn't here. I love you very much. Nothing is going to change that. I love both of you. Mm -hmm. But then later tells Cass point blank, she's right. I was gone, but I'm back now. So now I'm back. Know your place. Get away from my girl. Yeah. We're going back to our regular dynamic. Made me feel so bad for Cass. Yeah. Like, how did you feel in this moment? Like, did you feel like Cass is almost justified in just being like... Well then, fine. Just have be a couple then. Well, it's like I just felt he's. It's so sad for him because I feel like he's never really going to be happy. Even if he was, even if he did end up with Tulip, he's still an immortal guy who, like, after a while, Tulip's going to die, and he's going to be stuck being alone. And he know he's not going to get Tulip if if Jesse's around, and he missed his one chance to maybe get mm-hmm. her. So it was. It was a it was a good moment because it you kind of really felt for Cass and you saw how lonely Cass is. And we also see again this kind of ideological split where he yeah. is saying now the plan by the way is that we're going to go get Humperdoo. And Jesse says for clarification when you mean get do you mean you're going mm. to kill him to stop the apocalypse like we should do? And Cass is still set on, no, Humperdue is divine. He hasn't right. done anything bra- wrong. He's innocent. We have to save him. And then we also see this whole duality represented physically. We have heard this sound in the background, that is the screams uh-huh. and the fighting, that we have just 
kind of interpret it as the impending apocalypse. Well, I didn't know what it was, and then I was like, oh, wait. It's the seraphim and the demon. They, they've been fighting this fighting entire time. Fighting this entire time outside, to the point that there's just a huge stack of bodies that they yeah. have to burn. And they're still, I mean, they're going at it, but they're still going to team up here and even tell Jesse, take care of our child. Mm-hmm. Make sure that nothing happens to Genesis. And are yeah. off on this whole thing where we then see, yeah, this this awesome fight where they're brought in where Hairstar is saying those who need to look out are the feminists. Boom, we see Tulip, the degenerates. Boom, we see Cass and the Desperados. Boom, we see Jesse. Right. And the cinematography of that scene, of the drop-ins, was just and, absolutely epitome of Preacher. And also leading to that fight, which is, I thought it was a nice nod towards the comics to have these panels and all of a sudden the fight that yes, they do. Yes, I loved that. with The split-screen yeah. panel fight with the go-tell-it-on-the-mountain playing on the background. Yeah. Except I always find it funny when they have, like, actual Jesus Christ walking around in this in this show and then it cuts the music where they're being like, Jesus is coming. And I'm just, I'm always like, yeah, well... Yeah, you're like, he's over well, there he's over there. He's not so Hitler. He's, it's yeah, weird. it's a little weird. <laughs> but I do love that cut where then it's like, Jesus Christ is, and they stop and it's like, where's Cass? And then the big, like, note right. with him Cass, like, hey guys, over here. And then seeing that everything's empty, up the variety show is there. And then this is where we have the split off because mm-hmm. Cass disappears again and we have this really, again, tragic moment where Tulip is asked, what do you want to do? And she says, forget him. And we see that Cass hasn't actually left them, that God right. has taken him and is holding him hostage with his hand over his mouth. Which was very surprising because when that happened, when Cass did disappear, I think I was kind of... I figured we were going to find out where he is, and he went off because he kind of was going to do something with Humperdoo or try to save Humperdoo. So I did think it was actually him breaking off from the group, and I was surprised when we saw, like, God with his hand over his mouth. That it was actually a situation that he needed to be rescued. Yeah. And they just assumed. That's the big thing, is they all assume for the other ones that they're like, they can take care of themselves. Yeah. And... Very rarely is that the case. It's when they start getting, which we even see Jesse later in the elevator, is like getting this kind of gut feeling like, oh, maybe something's not right. Like, maybe we need to look into this. Because God, turns out, is a psychopath. Mm -hmm. And we see him acting like a psychopath. God was such a great villain in this episode. God, he was so good. And we see him with Humperdew, which I also, I don't know if I mentioned the most badass Featherstone moment was when she's leading Humperdew through (laughs) the Grail groupies. I don't think that's her most badass moment. It was hilarious. I I was drinking something and actually did a spit take when we have this frail old man come up and is like, bless me, Messiah. And she just kicks him in the chest. Uh, but we see God taking that to a whole nother level yeah. when we have somebody brushing Humperdoo's hair and he's just like, ow, because it hits a tangle. And she very sweetly, like you would say to a child, you know, no, that no didn't honey, hurt. that didn't hurt. Don't worry about it. And God just throws her into the wall. Just swipe right into oblivion. I've just been there, man. Doing that. And then and just <laughs> into a wall. And it just made like, oh, God is a 
it's, it's he's not so great. Back. And I mean, even Humberdew's like, what the hell is happening, God? And God's like, don't worry, nobody's going to hurt you. And Humberdew's like, okay, I think you're a little off. Yeah. Um, well, but we even see that Humberdew is the one who's, it's like, there you know that there's something way off with you. And he's Humberdew just scared. Is like, he's terrified. Yeah. Which he should be, because we then see this moment recreated again, where this poor accountant is crying because... He's scared and doesn't want to die and tells this to God. So God throws him in the most horrible right. way against a wall just so he can use the room. Ugh. And, I mean, just he is just going all out at this point. And, I mean, absolutely just embarrassing poor Jesus who went in. And, oh, then, and for the your Jesus last episode, thing. I am sad I did not bring in cupcakes oh, no, for it's you okay. to then, to then just hug put, and then just then have... Cupcake boobies. Cupcake diets. But I, the thing, the thing, uh, the thing sugar about tits. Jesus. Oh my God, I just got it. It was a Sugar Tits Mel Gibson reference. Uh, kind of, probably not, but kind uh, of, sort of. I bet that's a Because I started to say Sugar stretch. Tits and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Kind of, because Seth Rogen has made such references to Mel Gibson going on a Sugar Tits rant. Right. And then, it might then be a little bit than the, having Jesus have Sugar Tits yeah, when he made the Passion, of the, the Passion of the Christ. I think we just cracked a code right here on AfterBuzz <laughs> TV, but maybe somewhere I'm going Seth a little Rogen's too like, Da Vinci code. Somewhere Seth Rogen's like, you figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> you cracked it. You figured it out. Seth Rogen's signature laugh. But I felt like uh, Jesus is... This, this is the most uncomfortable storyline for me. It, I really did not like this. I didn't like it at all. It this just, temptation it of Jesus. Bad. It just... I didn't like any of it. I didn't like any of the scenes. Every time they cut to it, it made me feel uncomfortable. And not in the kind of preacher, I like this, it's uncomfortable yeah. way, but in a genuine, like, stop. I don't, like, don't do There's this. There's this buddy comedy going on with, with Hitler, Hitler and Jesus. And I don't like and it. And I would love it. To be honest, I would love it if it was the devil. I was kept thinking if it was, like... If it was the devil, fine, because it's a, like, it's, I don't it's want to say fictional, but it's, like, it's a, it's a well, demon character. It's not a physical human being that there's it's not someone who just like I know it was like 70 80 years ago but it was still it was still in the lifetime of some people it feels people. tangible and there's still and the like, influence of hitler is still out there if you had the devil then you just have this kind of symbol for evil that exactly. doesn't really actually the, that represents on so many Beelzebub. The, and that's what they're kind of turning hitler into but there's still but like it's a not, realness it's hitler it's still a realness, like especially nowadays especially, with like Nazis. Yes, with the Nazis it's coming still there. back, and we see this whole thing of like Hitler rooting on Jesus when Jesus does his uh, break right. dance for God and God shunning him. Which watching God just be like, okay, like I mean, that was hilarious timing. Oh, that it, was the best scene. It just was just having so this funny, disapproving just the deadpan, dad. like great, yeah. and then shoving Good. the flowers through the little <laughs> slot. I mean. It was just, that whole scene was hilarious, and I will yeah. give them that 100%. But following it up then with the one-on-one with Hitler and being like, you've always had my back, Hitler. Yeah. I appreciate it. Like I And I know that they then have the fight where he's saying, I, I'm not going to kill anybody, well, though. Well, I mean, what they're, they're building up to something. And we don't quite know what it is because it ends in like, without, this is kind of a very part one episode. And we do get this the sense where yeah, what made me uncomfortable was it felt like Jesus was just going to let Hitler try and kill Humperdoo. Yeah. And what made me excited was at the end of this episode 
when you think he's about to be passed out and you think he's like kind of passed out and drank too much to let Hitler do this. And then he stops Hitler and says like, no, you, you can't kill. Yeah. You can't, murder is wrong. And then they have this shoving match, which I, if they had not had that, I would have probably just been That's too what uncomfortable. I'm, like, I'm really hoping in but this I still final felt episode. Like, uh, it just, it made me feel awkward. And I know that that's what they were going for, but it just made me feel it's, a little too uncomfortable. It could be okay. It could be okay if in this final episode, like, Jesus beats the crap out of Hitler. They, or, if they have to give us some sort of redeeming moment where we see Hitler just getting Hitler his come can't, up. At, Hitler can't win in any in way. In any sense. And he's already had too many leniencies on the show. I don't like that he got his tea cake ever. I don't like, yeah. I mean, I just, I want bad things to happen to Hitler. And I don't think that that's asking too much. That's not, that, sh- that shouldn't be asking too much. That it's, should just be a given. Yeah, it's such a weird show where we're talking <laughs> about, like, I really hope Jesus... Does something bad to Hitler. By the way, what's with the fisting? You know, and it's just... It's a lot. It's a wonderful show because it has this plethora of stuff. And speaking of which, I mean, I know that we're even getting to the time mark now, but Uh we still have the big three to talk about. Now, when they do split, we have God kind of talking to each of them individually. Yes. Starting first with Cass, who you mentioned, is never going to be truly happy with his mortal friends because his mortal life was back in Ireland all of these years ago with Billy, with his family. And God says, look, I can give you that again. I can give you this taste. That made me feel like that. I I almost welled up with tears during that. Because I just feel so bad for Cass because he is very lonely. He is getting the chance to basically go back in time and be with his family. Mm-hmm. Like, God is the only one with that ability. It's a very tempting offer. And it he makes says sense. no, 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 over and over until, until finally yes. he can't and says yes. Yeah. But Tulip, they, however, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but they built up that suspense a lot. in a very good way. Like, I, I, I felt like he was going to say yes. And then when we do see him later and he is like torn apart i really thought he said no yeah and ripped to bits i thought that he definitely and that's why he was ripped to bits but we find out that he was tortured into saying yes yeah um which we then see too he is revived by god pouring this bucket of blood that we assume is tulips because we also see this juxtaposition with him and tulip where we have this whole one-off where they're talking and he gives her a bet where he's like, look, if you can take one minute for just 60 seconds and not try to hit me or do anything, I'll call off the apocalypse. This was a very good scene. This was one of the best scenes on the show. This was a very good scene and they really did pull it off. And I did feel like it's, they've put a lot of legwork into the scene. They put a lot of like, Talking about Dallas, talking about the miscarriage, always having the miscarriage be in the back of their minds has been something that is very just the show. That is something that I, I, yeah. I think we can say isn't in the comics. And I think that's great. I think it shows how they've humanized these characters in this adaptation and uh, built them, built up a heart and built something in in the back of Tulip where she really has a drive and really has something that really hurts her that isn't just something to do with her guy and isn't mm-hmm. something to do with her family it's it's something personal and it's, it's because it was going to change her life like that was going to yeah. be they were going to retire they were going to you know go straight from it it was all going to mm-hmm. be because of this and this big life-changing moment 
God is so apathetic, he doesn't even remember why yeah. he did it. And so she ultimately loses the bet and tries to shoot him and then is knocked out. We see him pull the scissors and then yeah. the squelching of the blood. This was also really good, too, because I just assumed that he was going to kill Tulip. And I was like, I didn't what? assume he was killing Tulip. I thought he was going to, like... Maim her or maim, do something. Turn her? Because we've also seen him, like, making creatures. Do weird things, yeah. I thought it was going to be some sort of awful thing. But it turns out yeah. he was just bleeding the grail guy so that he could feed right. poor, ripped-up Cass. Right. But the big showdown this whole time has been... God and Jesse. We even see at the beginning of this episode mm. of Jesse calling out to God, trying to get him to come in God's no-show. And he finally well, does... we think he's calling to God. Well, we... We think he's calling to God to show up. Yeah. I think... I think... Well, we're gonna we'll get see, to who we'll he was see, actually yeah, calling. Yeah, but the way they have it set up in here. I assumed he was calling yeah. out God. But then I realized by the end of it, oh, I know who he was calling out. If you re-watch it... He's actually calling well, saint. <laughs> ah! We're gonna get to it in a second, but like, uh, but yeah. So we have the the whole thing, yeah. Basically, where this is this big, you know, one on one, where right. he realizes when he's in the elevator with Tulip that he never even tried to use his voice. Mm-hmm. He never tried to use the the power against which, God, which is awesome because we talked about that in yeah. the last episode. We talked about how like. You he really he really thought he was tested and he didn't realize he could use it, mm-hmm. which made me think he was definitely going to use it this time. I thought so too, and so we see this with God, like saying, Basically you know, use it. it, try it, and God's mm-hmm. version of the voice commanding Jesse, but Jesse not coming succumbing to any of those commands, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, I, I think they've kind of established that his godly voice isn't the isn't same. really the same no, right it doesn't really... have like a commanding power but it's no. like just showing basically that he's basically i'm a god listen yeah to me. yeah and but seeing jesse respond to that and even his most godly of voices jesse being like no i don't think i will right uh really shows that this is i i was curious about that because it kind of disappointed me to be honest i kind of wanted jesse to be like why isn't he using the voice? Why didn't he use the voice right away? Why is he holding off on using the voice? What? Why is he afraid to use the voice on God? It's. It. I think just all keeps boiling back to like this whole thing about like his faith. idea of faith and like power, and there has to be some yeah. sort of semblance. And he also has proven that he doesn't want to rule heaven. So if he has a power that is greater than God's, then he will feel this moral obligation to give up everything that he has, right. give up Tulip, give up his life to go do this thing that he really doesn't want to do. Right, right. So I think it's all kind of a tie-in to that. It's like now it's like he just kind of wants to keep everything the same and he just wants to stop the apocalypse so he can continue his life as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ultimately see what he thinks is... His little uh, tucked away in his pocket, back pocket, reveal card, and it's the the saint who shows up. Which Ivan in the chat thought he was calling the saint the entire time, and I didn't. I I thought he was calling out God. Good job. Good job, Ivan. We Mm. are reading the chat, so (laughs) don't worry. But uh, yeah, and then he shows up. And oh, by the way, speaking of calling out people, I do want to give a call out to... uh, Gilly Gurr on uh, on Twitter, who did send me a message 
about last week's episode. We were like, why doesn't the saint? Why doesn't the voice work on the saint anymore? We forgot. We forgot that that was an entire plot device of season two. Where uh, he needed a bit of soul in oh, order yeah. to in so order to have it. So he has a piece of the soul exactly. That's that was, why he oh. had Jesse's soul, and that's that kind of took. That was the whole thing. A in lot New of Orleans. things have happened on the show. A lot of stuff has happened, but, but I was shout like, out to right, you. right. That's why he doesn't. It doesn't work on him because he doesn't have a soul. So it's still a question about whether it'll work on God because God is a whole other thing. Yeah. But like, this is a person without a soul entirely. So of course, it isn't working on him. Well, then we so. have this whole scenario where it turns Shows out the up. saint is actually there for Jesse, not for God, because God has pulled the same thing that he did with Cass, where he's offered, which they love showing these crows pecking out the eyes. It would not is be the that, end yeah. if they didn't well, show it again. That's especially in the, that's a reference also to the it's comics. the comics, but I'm saying they've strong. shown it like 15 right. times in this show. So, and like They keep showing it. But I think that's they have the doll in the pocket. The doll in the pocket. So he's saying, look, I can give you back the life that you always wanted. Right. So all of this is a setup to where he's saying, look, you wanted your daughter, you wanted your wife, you wanted to go back to this perfect life. We've was seen that he scene, can do it with Cass. Was there a scene where that happened, or is that just like... It's kind just of kind of alluded to, because they show okay. all of it happen, and they show, like, again, remember the crows, and they show the crow pecking the eye off the doll. Right. But then we see the doll with both eyes. Right. So that one, it's kind of like the Twin Peaks to and Lone we've, Peaks we've whole seen thing him, yeah. in Back to the Future, where it's like this one little thing is like, okay, you have to right. surmise from all of this. That well, and you also see, you've also already seen Cass Cassidy, yeah. being offered this deal, so you can assume it's probably the same. It's the same, yeah. So because he's being offered this and kind of probably set up the same thing, all you have to do is one little thing... Because Cassie ends up getting Jesse knocked out to be dragged into this area that right. then the saint is brought in, which is the big cliffhanger where we leave this episode. Yeah. Dun, and, dun, dun. And he's going to have a talking to. He's going he's gonna, to go down. So now we don't really know what's going to happen. And why it's the fact that he's that the God has turned this big gun onto onto Jesse is interesting, too, because you kind of get to see how... You also get to see in God a fear. Yeah, and also God the is fact, almost as afraid of Jesse as Jesse is of God. And also the fact that he's not able to take... Just take the, like, uh, voice Genesis, out of him. Yeah. Take Genesis out of him. And so there is... There is a sense all Jesse really needs to do is... I want him to just use the voice on him. <laughs> just, I just I want him to try. I think and it kind of disappointed me a little bit. I'm going to be honest. It I'll kind wait of like, to get into predictions to say I think that right. you might be right. But do you have any overall thoughts on this episode before we dive into our special segment? Right. Uh, just that I'm loving what they're... What they're setting up, and I can't wait to see them knock it down. Like I can't. Yeah. I think they're doing a good. This is. I'm glad this is a part one that's moving into part two because I think that's the only way they can kind to of wrap so everything up. Yeah. So I'm excited for next week. I am too. Yeah. And I also was excited to see some references this episode to mm-hmm. some things that we've been wanting from the comic. If you don't want to know any spoilers from the comic. Maybe don't listen for the next couple minutes. Just a little shout out because we are going to yeah. be giving some spoilers from the comic. The big thing being what I have said throughout that I wanted, which is Rockstar <laughs> Eugene. I don't think that's off the table yet. I hope it's not because we get it for a fraction of a second and then he's mowed down by a taxi and I flat out watching and went, what? what? I think 
They're playing. They're really playing. Because we with, see the leg twitch, so it's like okay. Well, what we're seeing in these, especially these last couple episodes, is they like to play with fans of the comics. They like to tease stuff and then have them pay off. And I think it happens in a couple of ways in this episode, where we have we, we have Eugene talk about being a rock star. We're like fans of the comics are like, yes, he's going to become a rock star. Like I he's flat in the comics. Out did that. I would, yes! yes, and then he gets and then he gets like run over. I don't think that's necessarily off the table, though. I think I he's still alive, not. and I think he still could become something, or something's going to happen with Eugene. We haven't seen the end of him. Because in the comics, he is a full-fledged rock star, if you right. haven't read it. Because so. we don't have a lot of time for predictions, I'm going to add this prediction into it, too. I almost wonder if this entire show is going to end with Eugene singing Closing Time. That like, would be pretty amazing. Maybe on ta- on like a TV on a stage as suddenly he's a rock star. Because I really closing, hope that you're right. Yeah, because closing time is also a good like it's the last thing. It's maybe closing out the entire Aww. show. And they also they're also teasing fans of the show by having this confrontation with Jesse and Cass when he comes back because we've talked about this before how it's Cass so is. Different. Really different in the comics. It's the opposite. It's a 180. Well, it's not quite a 180. It's but pretty his... much a 180 when he goes from like now... being a brutal rapist to then. I mean, now it's a little different too because he does kind of turn. On I think his he's still a bit, this, but it's he's still with a the best sad... intentions. Right. I'm I'm building up to that because they also had like he's still sad. He's still like a sad kind of toxic person. Now, in the comics, that toxicity overtakes him. In this, the sadness overtakes him. Mm-hmm. But he's still kind of coming from the same place. But the 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 way his betrayal was a lot more understanding in this, in a lot of ways, and not as dark. It's more of like he... It's more sympathetic. It's more sympathetic, and you also kind of see... Because if they did what they did in the comics to the cast they've been building this entire time, it wouldn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It would feel like a it it just wouldn't match. This betrayal, where they're still doing a betrayal, feels better. It feels stronger because it's tied into his loneliness and it ties into what he thinks, wh- what he knows he deserves and where he's coming from. And kind of leading into our predictions... Do you still kind of think that it's going to have Alamo references? Are we going to get oh, it? I don't know I feel like at this point we're not. I don't think that they're going to be been... able to set it up. I mean, it might be nice. I think nice. we both wanted it, but it was a little too optimistic. I think we do still see the Alamo in the in the gods in God's uh, thing. So, but also that could just be something else. I don't know. It would be nice if it ends in the Alamo, but I don't think it will because I think it's all going to end at the Grail place. I think yeah. it's really... I don't think we're going to be moving around very much in the, la- the next episode. Maybe. Well, let's go ahead and talk about what we think is going to happen in the next yeah. episode. Let's talk about our predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. I what hope, do you think is going to happen? Well, I hope <laughs> Hitler just flat out gets destroyed and yes. he's not even the king of hell. That's what I'm hoping is that he just... Something really bad happens to him, and, and and maybe Jesus will do it, which will be I good. hope that the saint becomes... Well, actually, no. I want the saint to go back with his family. I don't even want him to rule hell. I, <sighs> I don't know who I want ruling hell. Saint's never going to have a happy ending. He's not, but just too sad. But I think he's also realizes that, too. So I think so, too. But I think, ultimately, I mean, I could see him being the ruler of hell, because somebody has to take the spot. They keep saying that. Right. Um, but... 
I, well, 100% am with you where I think if Hitler does not get a horrible, horrible ending, then they have done us a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you also think about with the whole situation with Humperdue and Jesse wanting to kill him and Cass wanting to save him? I don't know. This is I'm a, I'm a little one thing that's very different from the comics is there was no real apocalypse in the comics. There was Humperdue wasn't around this long. In the comics he gets flattened by the fat all-star like, uh, all-father yeah. and that's it. And then he's out of the picture. There's no Jesus, there's no Hitler. One thing the show needed to do was it needed to have a story that raises the stakes and leads up to a big finale. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've developed this apocalypse. And I think it's a good move. But it also makes it so, like, I'm not quite sure what they're doing here. Me neither. And so what they're building up, why, why Humperdue has to dance, why it's all leading up to that. I think that, I think basically what's going to happen is... Do you one- think it's... Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the subtle way of telling us we have to, end, we we have have to wrap, wrap up. up. But in like the nicest way for yeah. us. But I think I do think that they are building that the apocalypse is happening because he wants to get Genesis. And I think it's building up to that. I think so, too. So. And I feel like there's going to be some sort of confrontation that then leads with Cass ultimately convincing Jesse to not kill Humperdue. Right. But the apocalypse will still be thwarted in some sort of weird, circumvented way. We'll see. Or it could happen. Or, you know, they could just be like, let's blow this bitch up. It's a I could also see it having an ending a lot like some of my favorite movies where they just go like, you know what? Let's just end it it with the apocalypse. Well, since this is your last episode and this is your last ending, do you have any final words to say to everybody before we tell everyone where they can find you? Oh, well, I've been having a fun time talking about this show and i i uh, i read the comics <laughs> so yeah thank you uh, he thank reads you. the comics thank you thank you i mean for real round of applause since oh, since season one you. dave child where can the people find you online you know what you can find me at mr dave child on the twitter and the instagrams and also davechild.com because i'm a dave child yeah uh, he is and I'm Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter on Elena, at Elena Jordan and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And you can find me interviewing your favorite celebrities at MEA Worldwide. That's MEAWW.com. Mm. And you'll find me next week on the final episode of Preacher Ever. Mm. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.